the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. To the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything that's on your heart. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. Remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Now, you all know it's Thursday. That means it's the date day show and Paul is here. Welcome, baby. Thank you. What's up? Well, I just wanted for anybody or everybody who prayed for me from Monday when we did chapel. (laughs) (laughs) You yeah. cracked me up. You just, Ross, my heart is beating out of my chest. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. No, I told those kids, look, I'm only here Monday, praise God. And, you know, some days you don't even want to get up. And that was one of those ones because, you know, kindergartners to sixth grade, it's just intimidating to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a show that says, are you smarter than a fifth grader? No. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> so for all of you who prayed for me, thank you. I didn't die, but I really thought I was going to. When, you're not kidding. When I came back yeah. into your into your office, I said, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. And you have some a stethoscope. That's right, because I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got And at home, you have a, a lab coat. I have a real stethoscope. Yeah. So I put them in my ears mm-hmm. and listened to your heart, and mm-hmm. I said, you're perfect. I'm all right. You're fine. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> my heart was pounding out of my body, and uh, but it was it was fun. You know, perseverance is is the title is the subject this week, and so, whew, But I'm glad it's over. I persevered through that one what 15 minutes. I set my timer, and. Whew. You see, when I get the little kids, and we we trade off every year, mm-hmm. so next year when I get little kids. I'll be terrified, too, but for a completely different reason. Because anyway. I look at those kids, they look at me like, what's he saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, who was it? But they they love like, me because I give them candy. They love you. But that's a bribe. Yeah, that's a but, bribe, for but, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's not, How that's not my real How old are you? Yeah. Huh? yeah. But so it's over. I made it. So thank you all for praying for me. But, oh, so I got two years before I have to be in front of them again. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm talking, and I have a couple of questions, and you should see the hands go up, and you know they know. <laughs> you know, they know the answer already. So, oh, sorry, it was fun. I persevered and, and made it through. Thank you guys for the prayers. So, Pastor Ron, I was at home, uh, you know, yesterday, because I listen to the shows all the time, and that the one where 
James was saying he reads to his wife daily, but she doesn't really participate. And I loved your answer um, because, you know, it's kind of intimidating. Here, I'm, I'm married to you, and, you know, I'm saved longer than you. It's worse than being in front of the kindergartners. <laughs> it's way worse. You know, so we're sitting there at the beginning, uh, and, you know, we're reading the Bible together, and I'm thinking, please don't ask me a question. Please don't ask me, what's this mean? I don't know, you know, kind of a thing. But I can remember all the way back. It's just intimidating. Do you remember, Paula, the first radio show we ever did together? Yes. <laughs> and you said, you said, look. In the car, on yeah, the way yeah. there. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any questions. Uh-uh. Just I'll say hello and goodbye mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. all that. I'm the driver. And so I said, that's okay. I'll take care of you. I'll, 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 and as soon as we open, I ask you a question. And you, you just like turn ashen. Yeah, and I want to stab you in the eye. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was like, did you not hear what I just said? But anyway, all the way back when you first got saved, you know, it was one of those things where you couldn't open the Bible for like six months. But, you know, Christians read the Bible, you know. And so when you first open it up, you got it. I was like, what do you mean you got it? <laughs> I've been reading this thing, what, 13 years, and you're going to open it up after six months of not even opening it up, and you got it. No, mm-mm. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a gift. God gives different <laughs> gifts to different people. And I, I just, I, when, I, when I read the Bible, the, like the first time, and it was a terrible spiritual battle for six months. It really oh, was. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd get nauseous. Mm-hmm. I had this brand new leather Bible on my desk, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to read it. But, I, I mean, I, it was just, now I know it was spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. But when I did, I just said, look, I'm going to do this. I don't care if I get sick, I get sick. And, and I started reading. I said, well, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know, well, what do I do next? What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And the Bible just had those answers. And I, I, you know, I can't take any credit for that. It's a gift that God gave. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, it sure made my life easier since. It made yours easier, <laughs> not mine. Because I was asking the Lord, now look, I'm precious. How come I don't have that gift? You know, I got to hear something 21 times before I even begin to get it. And you have it in 10 seconds from when you open up the Bible? That is not right. That's just not fair. So I was kind of fussing with the Lord. But anyway, I remember shortly after you got saved, there's a whole bunch of stuff I've had to forgive you and the Lord for. Isn't that sad? (laughs) (laughs) But you asked me to baptize you. I'm thinking... Who am I to baptize you? And then I thought, he's serious about this, Lord. He really wants me to baptize him. So, And, and I really prayed about that because, you know, I knew I needed to get baptized. I knew I needed to do it in public. Um, but, um, you know, we didn't go to churches that had baptismals and things like that. So I knew what to do. And I remember taking a walk with the Lord one day and, and, and just saying, I, I need to be baptized, Lord. And and he said, who better than Precious to do it? Mm-hmm. And when I told you, again, you got mm-hmm. that look on your face mm-hmm. like. Uh, 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 I think you had a caller. I don't know if it was this week or last week. You know, if you're going to get baptized, does it have to be a pastor? Well, that's what I was thinking because um, I was saved, but barely. You know, I mean, you didn't let me go to church. I was reading my Bible in the middle of the night when you were already asleep. Reading it, I'm reading it because Christians read their Bibles, but <laughs> I don't know what I'm reading. And I'm thinking, why are you asking me? You know, let's go to church somewhere and ask the guy, you know, <laughs> baptize you in the in the backyard or something. <laughs> but you asked me to baptize you, and I, I was like, okay, so where are we going to do this? You said at the gym. At the gym? You know, yeah, the pool that's outside. Oh, my goodness. So I agreed to it. I was thinking, I need six months to kind of kind of study up on this. <laughs> no, I need to be baptized now, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I need to study up on this thing, you know. How do you dunk them and what so do you say? Philip and the eunuch, and by the way, that's this Sunday coming up. Okay, and then do you you baptize in the name of the Father? <laughs> you know, all those <laughs> questions, because I'm, I'm like going to these churches where, you know, where I don't know discernment there, and I don't, none of that stuff. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. So we go out there. And there had it was like a beach. <laughs> you thought we'd be brought home. Yeah, I thought by it'd just be me and you, you know. 
and there's so many people out there, and then I'm like, because, you know, I don't want to look stupid, but, you know, what if other people think, what is she doing baptizing him? She'll be a pastor, right? <laughs> if anybody would have said anything. <laughs> you kind of wanted to do it incognito. I walked out in the middle of the pool saying, excuse us, I'm getting baptized. <laughs> I had to forgive you again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, I don't even remember what I said. What I said, but maybe it was one of those. There's a good thing you got saying. <laughs> it's about time, you know, yeah. kind of a thing. Why didn't you do this sooner? <laughs> It'll hold you down a real long time. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm having a really fun time with this, right? So. <laughs> I just you just put me in so many uncomfortable spots. You and Jesus just keep like, okay, go here, go over there, do that. You're like, go to the hospital, pray for this person. I don't know that person, <laughs> you know. <sighs> but you say God told you to do it. I know, and I went. It's like <laughs> I'm like Peter, you know. <laughs> hey, look, this is not my calling, <laughs> but because you said so, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. You better come through for me. That's all I can say. But anyway. Let me be quiet. Let me just take a couple of deep breaths because I'm just laughing a little bit too hard and loud here. Just you thinking about... <laughs> you know, you, the first time that we were asked to speak in public. Oh, my goodness. The very first time. And we had 45 to 50 minutes between us. Yeah, but let me go back to the conversation. Okay. Because you were on the phone and the person who was asking you, I could hear because I was, you know, they were kind of loud and I could hear. And... I heard him say, what well, you and Paula to teach. I was like, Paula who? <laughs> <laughs> well, Paula, there's got to be another one, right? And uh, I, I could hear that. And then I was looking at you to come through and say, oh, Paula doesn't teach. You know, if you, you know, I can just, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell what she would say. It was a Valentine's Day thing. I understand that, but. Paula doesn't speak in public. <laughs> That's what you should have said to protect me, Pastor Ron. But you didn't. And so I was, you said yes. I said we'll do it. <laughs> Just like this radio program, Pastor Ron. So anyway, yeah, that was one of those first times when you said, oh, yeah, sure. We'll be happy to. I said, we, again, you know. So they said 45 minutes. I said, okay, you take 35 and I'll take, you know, 10. Right? That's what I think I said. And that was back in the day. I, I worked hard on that message, Pastor Ron, because we were supposed to. You said, no, you take 20 and I'll take 25 if, if whatever. So okay, okay, okay. I just said, I'll cover you whatever you don't use. Oh, that's I'll exactly use. what you said. Okay, so I practiced in front of you. You know that was intimidating right there. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, well, I was in school and you did those English papers, all those red lines on there. Which means you got to go back and correct that. So I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, I'm in front of you, and I'm, what, eight, nine minutes? Nine minutes. Three times, right? Yeah. Nine and, minutes. And you said, I can't do it. I just can't get any more than nine minutes. I said, Paula, do whatever you do, and, and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. fill for you. Mm-hmm. Don't, so don't worry. Okay. So you, you go ahead and tell the rest of that story because it's quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they introduced us, mm-hmm. and Paula got started. You said, you go first because yeah. that yeah, was kind yeah. of a gentleman thing. Because I'll fill. Yeah, you'll fill yeah, in. Yeah, okay, go ahead. So, so I said, you get started <laughs> and just let the Lord work. Forty-five minutes <laughs> later, <laughs> I mean, everybody's looking at their clock. Like, is Pastor Ron's not going to speak? Is and I asked several times. There's no clock in here. I don't have a watch. Somebody For, tell me, Paula. You don't need a clock. To know that you would go in 45 minutes. First time I ever talked in front of people, I did not have, you know, I didn't know. And so they were like, no, go ahead, go ahead. You remember that part, right? Go ahead, go ahead. I was like, oh, well, okay, here we go. I don't remember that part. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And so I filled. I went up and said, thank you for coming. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever ask us back again, I'll talk to you then. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But it's all your fault. You and Jesus. You no, he me. called you to be a pastor's wife. Yeah. Whoosh. Man. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions for Paula or you need any encouragement, or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR.
What's All next? Right. It's your day. Okay, so Pastor Ron, I've been just recently, in fact, just this week, um, I have YouTube, and you got me a TV in my office room, and I hardly ever use it. I only use it to um, rehearse the uh, vacation Bible school dancing, for the most part. Yeah, you had your exercises on there. Oh, you had my exercises, that's true. Okay, so, I've been watching The Chosen. I'm in season one. <laughs> they got three seasons, and you finished all of them up. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I don't binge watch stuff like that. I, I was just watching the day it would come out on mm-hmm. YouTube when it was for for free, mm-hmm. and and then in the second season, I don't know who it was, but somebody sent me the the whole season, mm-hmm. so I was able to watch it. How do you do that? Uh, uh, what do you mean? How how are you able if they send you to how? You don't have a like a machine to put the thing in. How, no, how no, I'm, I know, Paul. I don't know computers. I just turn on my computer and. Hit that link and oh, so, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, so somebody sent it. You know, I'm just technologically out. And then, of and then the third season, mm-hmm. our son Ronnie said, "Yeah, Dad, it comes out. We watch it every Sunday night. It comes out every Sunday. The new, the new thing. So mm-hmm. I would come in on Monday, okay, and I would watch the new episode of The Chosen. So what do you think? I, I think it's really good. I, yeah, it's a. I I like it. You know, I know they take some license, and it's a good thing that I. I come to your church, <laughs> and I read the Bible, so I've been able to kind of discern. I have a little bit better discernment than back in the day. Um, some of the little kind of Catholic things, or hmm, they just took that kind of a a long way. Um, but I was just thinking, so much like like the the woman who's or the wife who's not really participating, she might be a little intimidated. And I was thinking, you know, Simon and Andrew, when they first get start to follow Jesus. I was going to say get saved, but that's a basic thing. Um, They're all worried, you know, and then they say this to each other. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to do this wrong. And then um, said, well, you know how we learned how to fish from our dad. He didn't really teach us how to fish. He just fished and we watched him. And so, you know, you always say, just be with Jesus. And if we would just be with Jesus, we kind of watch him, and then we learn how he is. Yeah, I wish everybody would get that from watching The the Chosen, because really, that's what discipleship was. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they sat, and he taught them over and over, the emphasis on, on we got a little bit of time, sit down. He taught his disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to be able to walk with him and and to experience um, his interaction with people to 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 watch firsthand his investment in prayer to his father um, that's what they learned and they learned by watching the same thing will happen you know two thousand years later if we'll just sort of hang out with jesus mm-hmm. and and uh, follow the example that he set for us yeah and not knowing everything, I love the fact that Jesus does not expect perfection from us. That's the reason why he came. And so, you know, like with you and me, I used to be just so incredibly intimidated that if I said something and you kind of gave me that look like I can't make the connection (laughs) because I think differently than you. You are so logical. And that gift you have of just opening the Bible and you got it, I didn't get that. And so... I'm, I'm thinking I was kind of feeling for this wife. Um, and sometimes it could be the other way around, um, that you kind of feel like, oh, man, I messed up, messed that up again. Instead of having that attitude, I've learned. I'm learning over the years. Okay, so when you say it doesn't, um, you don't get the connection. Okay, so what am I trying to say? What is this actually saying? So I get educated instead of getting um, uh, intimidated or feeling like I'm stupid or something. No, I'm I'm learning. And that just is a matter of, Linda, my friend, says, Lord, help me be a willing party to my death. Mm-hmm. And that's death to my feelings, my flesh, um, my desires, all that thing. And so, Lord, help me to be a willing party to my death and so that I can watch you, listen to you, and learn. 
and uh, yeah, I, I love in my life. Paula, to th- develop that a little bit. What, what do you think Linda meant, or or how do you view uh, being a willing party to your death? Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, take my heart and form it. Take my mind and transform it, and take my will and conform it to yours, to yours, oh Lord. Those lyrics to a song, that's yeah. kind of how I, I think quite a bit. And so instead of my desires or my thoughts or my dreams or wishes or whatever, Lord, hands down, heart open, I say it all the time. Hands down means if I, I, I surrender, you know, hands down, it's okay. My heart is open, do what you want to do. It's not my plan, but yours. And so help me to be a willing party. When I put my hands up, it's like, oh, no, that's enough. Um, I'm protecting my heart. I'm saying my way or the highway kind of thing. But hands down, heart open means, okay, Lord, whatever. Here you, here we go. You know, that's a vulnerable position. And, and a lot of us are so busy protecting our hearts that we can't ever get to that place. And that's why Jesus said to, to be my disciple, you've got to pick up your cross daily. Yeah. Um, that, that means you've got to say no to you. And without um, dying to your flesh, there's no possibility for allowing the spirit to empower and move. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest problems that we see in our church culture is that, um, you know, we all have the same ideas. We believe the essentials of the historic Christian faith. Um, we we want to serve the Lord, but our unwillingness to deny our flesh, our unwillingness to change our plans, our unwillingness to say, "Lord, uh, I'm going to be open and vulnerable to you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, Thy will, not my will, be done." I think that that keeps a lot of Christian fruit from ever coming to fruition um, in our lives, and, yeah. and um, to be a willing participant to your death. Um, when we die, then we really live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, you know, to be with Jesus, to depart and be with Jesus better by far. But staying here, serving in the ministry, means more fruitful ministry. Mm-hmm. And and he was simply saying, Lord, I, and remember, he'd been to heaven, so he knew. Lord, being with you is by far better. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But your will, not my will, be done. I think that's the, pro- the the place where most of us miss out. And I think it's because we simply don't give Jesus a chance to prove that, that he can be trusted. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, talking about, you know, watching Jesus, watching him and learning. And then Mary Magdalene said, we'll be doing that forever. I like that too because that gives me great encouragement and hope that you know, like you you thought after three years you you would know it all and you'd be fine. I've never thought that. You've never doubted your salvation. I have doubted mine, but I never, <clears throat> but I never thought I would arrive. I know that I will be learning forever, and forever even in heaven we're still going to be learning, right? Um, but yeah, watching that, him. Yeah, that, that's because you have a normal ego. I didn't when I got saved. I thought, <laughs> I'll get this figured out in just in a minute or two. Mm-hmm. I really did think that, that a couple, three years, and I'd be at that place where I'd have complete certainty in my walk with the Lord mm-hmm. in the sense that I'd know that whatever choices I made were, I'd know what his will was, mm-hmm. and all I'd do is then do that. And I thought, well, I, you know, the Lord will speak to my heart so clearly. I, I liked it, Elisha. Um, was surprised when when God didn't tell him about something, and and he thought, well, wait a minute, God speaks to me, and uh, well, I I I figured that would be what would happen in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd learn the ropes, kind of be tested a little bit, mm-hmm. and then uh, one day I'd have figured out, and I wouldn't have to worry any longer about uh, about uh, did I guess right? Was this right? And just the opposite is true. Yeah. As as you and I have found out together many yeah. many years, um, you know the 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 closer you get to Jesus, the more unanswered questions there are. Yeah. 
the closer you get to him, the more he wants you to step out in faith because you trust him. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, we want to walk by sight Mm -hmm. rather than by faith. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You know, we cry out, God, if you just show me, I'll believe. And Mm -hmm. Jesus in heaven saying, no, no, how about you believe and then I'll show you. And, uh, you know, we humans generally take matters into our own hands or go ahead and do what we wanted to do anyway and sort of cloak it with spiritual terms. You know, um, um, well, the Lord is leading me in another direction. No, how about you just hang in there with Jesus, Mm -hmm. perseverance. You just hang in there with Jesus, Mm -hmm. and the the end result is that you're going to find that everything he had for you was better than anything you could have possibly imagined. Well, Pauline, we're inside one minute, so why don't you wrap up this half of the program? Okay. Well... On my way here, Ron, you know, well, before, let me say, I was at home, and I usually fret about, you know, coming over here to the radio program because it's date day, and Pastor Ron needs me to, you know, have something to talk about. Even our producer, Sam, last night, before we get in the car to go home, says, I hope you have something to talk about. So I was praying about it, and the Lord told me just to trust him, so that's what I'm doing. (laughs) We've got 30 minutes left in the program, and we would love to have your phone calls, 340-9585. This is the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Day Day Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And today, Paula is in the studio, 340-9585. Let's go to Lucy on line one. Lucy, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Paula. How are you doing? Good, We're Lucy. Doing good. good, good. I um, Oh, there's been several things that have come up this week and last week. But the one thing I want to point out and bring up is how awesome it is when we heed to the Word of God and let go of anything that comes between our peace, between us and God. Um, It is totally the enemy that kicks us and and lets us kick ourselves. And uh, I was wondering if you could give me a good Bible verse that explains or highlights that um, once we confess and it's behind us, we are restored. It seems like uh, there's so many people that are just living in that um, kicking machine that keeps us uh, stuck sometimes. And uh, it's not until we get through that hurdle and say, okay, Lord, restore my joy, uh, that it, it really makes a difference when we let ourselves be comforted by God and straightened up and, and pointed to the right direction. And so that's the only thing I really wanted to comment about. And also just thank you so much for all the, the prayerful uh uh, comments and and prayer warriors that uh, exist in our church, because I really believe that is part of a healthy church family, and um, and so I'm very thankful today. In every area of my life, um, waiting for the next opportunity to use what God has given me. Mm. Mm. Lucy, God bless you. Thank you very very much. You know, Paula. Um, the ladies now on Monday nights are going through Psalm 119. Mm-hmm. And um, Lucy talked about the word and holding on to the word. Um, Psalm 119, uh, uh, you know, the longest chapter in the Bible, uh, in every verse, I think, except two, um, the word is mentioned. I mean, it's about the word. 
It's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's a lamp into our feet. It's it's a light into our path. It sets us free. It takes us from darkness into light. And, um, you know, there, there's no light. And people hate when I say this, but there's no light apart from the Word. Because you're out there groping around in the dark. Mm-hmm. And, and people that don't, the, the people Lucy's talking about that are uh, being condemned and being kicked, she said, that's the, the term she used, uh, by the enemy. It's because they're not defending themselves in the Word. You know, if you're, if you're in the Word and you know what it says, uh, all you have to do is say, well, that's what the Word says, so I'm not going to listen to the devil. That's why Paul could write, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in Romans eight one. I love that David, and, and nobody messed up as much as David did, but David, after repenting, he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, okay, Father, beat me up for another two weeks and eventually I'll feel bad enough that I'll get through this. And that's what we do. We let the devil just kick us around. And our salvation, our walk with God is um, um, designed to be um, joyful. And I don't think we get that. First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. So, so instantly we're forgiven. And if we don't know those Bible verses, if we're not in the Word, if that hasn't become part of who we are, then um, we're, we're going to keep getting beat up by the enemy who wants to destroy us and remove any possibility mm-hmm. of fruit. Yeah. Boy, Lucy, I used to be a serious beat myself up person, you know, like Ron was saying before, for a few days, a week or so, you know, just, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. And one day Ron said, you're shocked by your, your flesh and Jesus isn't. He has forgiven you of your past, your present, your future sins. What? My future sins, yeah, on the cross. He died for all your sins, and you're just wasting time beating yourself up, rehearsing the sin that you've committed that he's already forgiven. And just a quick reminder, um, just this came to me. You know, on Good Friday, we nailed um, those things, sins or, or concerns on the cross, and we were instructed to leave them there. But, you know, just like um, New Year's resolutions, we forget that after a week or a month or so. Um, you you know, Paul, go that, back and revisit. Yeah, those. that's such a good picture. Um, you know, we had over 600 people nail those pieces of paper to the cross. And if we treated those pieces of paper on that cross like a lot of Christians treat their sin that Jesus has forgiven, then we have a, a, a longer line here on, on Monday morning with people coming to get that piece of paper back off the cross mm, mm-hmm. and um you know we we, we gotta we gotta be able to accept forgiveness yeah. if you can't accept the forgiveness that god has given then um you know you're playing right into the enemy's hand and again i would suggest that it's because people really don't know or have confidence in the word if they knew what it said and if they believed it then they would understand um if i'm forgiven if it's as far from me as east is from west, why bother with it for one more minute and one more day? Yeah. Just, yeah. I think Paul, well, it's Paul. Said, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, that's what I keep on doing. At the same time, like you were talking about David, David knew that he belonged to God. And God would never reject him. And so it's a matter of, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. You're my dad. Please forgive me. Just like a regular dad, you know, who's a nice, nice dad. Our dad's a, a really nice dad. Not one who would say, I can't believe you did that. Our God's not like that. He just says, thank you for confessing and renouncing that sin. Now let's get going. Yeah, yeah I love you so much. I'm so thankful that you... You came to me with this, even though he already knows. You know, he just really appreciates it when we say, I'm sorry. The the devil majors in condemnation. Mm -hmm. And I think every Christian struggles with it. 
and and uh, for me, um, pretty close to the beginning of my walk with the Lord, I was reading um, through Romans, reading Romans chapter three, got to the twenty fourth verse, we're justified freely, yeah. and and the Holy Spirit stopped me because because I'm Lord, I can't believe I did that again. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. We're justified freely, and the Lord spoke to my heart. Said, "When did that happen?" I said, "Well, that happened on the cross." No, when did that happen? Well, that was two thousand years ago. Well, why are you still? bound by it. Mm-hmm. And that made so much sense to me mm-hmm. that I thought, well, why am I going to beat myself up over sin that God has already forgiven? If I do that, then I'm not going to be able to be used by the Lord. And I'm probably going to miss out on stuff and I'll do guilt over that. So mm-hmm. how about we just learn to accept the freedom that God has given us? And it, it's it's so simple to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to fight the lies of the enemy, oh, of course, yeah. and you got to fight your flesh. Yeah. But but when we realize that that sin has been bought and paid for, and if we confess our sins, he's faithful, not we're faithful, mm-hmm. he's faithful, mm-hmm. then then we don't have to give it another thought. Yeah. yeah. My resolve, you know, but that's ha- what I've had to do is make resolve. And resolve for me um, in those situations is, my favorite thing about the Lord is his forgiveness. And so when I have sinned, whether it was on purpose or accidental, I have to resolve to say, oh, no, no, no. But Jesus died for, again, my past, my present, and even my future sins. I love his forgiveness. And so I've learned that watching you, though, um, of how to walk in that. It's not enough just to hear the word, to know what it says, but James 1 says, but to obey it, but to do it, to put it into practice. And so the resolve, I'm, and I'm still working on it because, you know, sometimes things are, are harder than others. Like mostly mostly it's my attitudes sometimes. Um, I hate the way I think sometimes. And yet the Lord says, but I am transforming your mind. If you continue to be in my word, the word. Um, I'm transforming your mind. And so remember, take every thought captive and you're going to be okay. So, And there's, there's another place where um, we remember that this is a process that is only possible in the Word of God. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't positively confess it into existence. Mm-hmm. You've got to be in the Word and it's the Word that supernaturally transforms you. Yeah. Paula, we've got a caller holding on the line. He doesn't want to give his name. Um, with a question. Um, caller, you're on the air. Well, hello, both of you. Glad you're doing well. Thank you. Um, hey, hey, Anonymous, I miss you. you <laughs> I, I've tried the Anonymous thing before, and then Pastor Ron blurts yeah. out my name at the <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it's just too big of a temptation. and, and uh, But anyway, I since there's been talk about books and movies and all, I thought, well, the book that is in the works on uh, Pastor Ron and his, his journey— uh, Perhaps it needs to have a movie uh, in the works to kick it off. And uh, I thought since I had inquired previously, and he goes, well, we're working on it kind of thing, you know. (laughs) Uh, I thought, well, maybe between the two of you, you could uh, come up with uh, a good movie uh, (laughs) and spur on the book. I don't know how that works, but I'll just listen if you have anything to say about it or if you just want to disregard this call that's okay too thank you <laughs> well i won't disregard it I, I i'm hopeful that we'll have some news uh pretty quickly so i'll uh, i'll keep the audience posted as for a movie i'm the least interesting person in the united states of america so that's not going to happen but um um we're we're working on it and um we'll, we'll ju- i'll just leave it at that the name of the book is Paul is Jesus, and uh, we'll leave it at that until we have something um, that we can with confidence say it's it's here and it's done. Mm. So thank you for, for asking. But Mr. Anonymous. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Appreciate it. Paula, we got a, a question that came in Okay. for both of us. Uh, hi, Pastor Ron and Paula, longtime friend, called yesterday for prayer. Uh, her adult daughter and two very young grandchildren are living with her and her husband. Uh, they found the daughter in a room with the kids chanting along with an instructor online in an Islamic prayer. Oh. She had her head covered and has purchased head coverings for the granddaughter. My friend was told they were to protect from the sun. I told my friend that she should not allow this in her home under any circumstances. My friend sent me a text today saying that a church had told her to get her daughter focused on a course she had planned on taking in the future and to let her continue in her activities until the course is finished. Maybe it would distract her until she comes to her senses. I asked if the church was saying to let her continue the Islamic prayer. She said yes. All I could text back was, wow, my friend doesn't attend church. She's a professing Christian. I told her yesterday that this may be a wake-up call for her to show her daughter that Jesus Christ needs to be first in her life as well. Go to church. My heart is sick. I'm afraid to ask her which church she called. Uh, I don't think I was wrong. I wanted to double-check with you. Uh, thanks for being my counselor in Godly Issues. I trust you both. Please pray that I will have the right words from my friend. Uh, then she says, P.S. Years ago, I led this friend's daughter in the sinner's prayer. My heart is so sad. You know, one of the things I think we, we've got to, to, to understand is that a whole bunch of people say the sinner's prayer, a whole bunch of people say they're Christians, have nothing to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this picture in, your, in our office, your office, and it's a, it's a husband, a wife, and a young son, and the three of them are kneeling praying Jesus you can't see his face of course we don't see his face but his hands are one on the husband's head and one on the wife's shoulder and the little boy is looking up at mom and dad well yeah that her the mom doesn't go to church is saying it's not that important and um, even before I came over here I was thinking about the scripture that God says that he will reward those who diligently seek him. Well, nobody's diligently seeking him. And the kids and the grandkids, you know, hopefully they're seeking something. Um, but Islam, no. But if you're, if you're not going to lead them to something, people are going to look for whatever. Yeah. Whatever's popular, whatever comes online or somebody who's paying attention to them. And I just was thinking... This little boy, if he doesn't have the right um, role models in his life, that's why people go to gangs. They go to whoever will pay attention to him and, and tell him something. So I don't know. That's, that's, see, maybe that's my attitude. Well, no, <laughs> but, it's not, not a bad attitude at all. Here's the thing. We've got a, uh, this, your friend caller is uh, allowing um, an unbelieving daughter to live in her home on her terms and and you know there are rules that apply this house belongs to jesus Mm -hmm. and so uh, we're going to honor jesus in this home so uh, we're going to go to church we're going to have family devotions we're going to read the bible together that's just what we're going to do and and now that i know you you're interested in praying we're going to pray together Mm -hmm. and that's the way it's going to be but we're not going to have Head coverings, and we're not going to pray to Allah. Um, we're, we're this this home belongs to Jesus, and th- your friend needs to tell her daughter that if that isn't acceptable, we can't make people become believers. But your friend needs to tell her daughter if that doesn't work for you, then you need to find your own place to live. Mm-hmm. And people, especially in situations like this, well, it's so harsh. Where is she going to go? And there's little grandchildren involved. This is where we have to have enough faith. God loves them more than we do. Yeah. But God is looking for people who take a stand for him. And if professing believers like your friend won't take a stand for Jesus in her own home, well, then it's no wonder the daughters and the granddaughters are going off and doing these things. So uh, it's just it's it's uh, there's got to be a a hard line. This home belongs to Jesus and we're not going to allow prayers for other other to to other false gods. Mm Um, we're certainly not. I'm not going to contribute to your granddaughters, my granddaughters, your daughters, being being misled. Um, this this house stands with Jesus. What did yep. Joshua say at the end of his life? Yeah. Um, choose this my, day yep. who you serve. Yep. But as for me and my house, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. And you need to tell that to your friend. 
because she set a terrible example. And her, your friend needs to go to her daughter and these kids and say, please forgive me. I have not been a good role model. And so, um, and then the rest of that, what Ron said, would apply to you. Maybe this is a wake-up call for your friend, like you're saying. Yep. Yep. Anyway, sorry about that, but, yep, the Lord will bring um, adversity into our lives to get our attention. And, and you know, Paul, I don't want to go off on this because this is just uh, something we we can never stop talking about. Mm -hmm. But um, the reality is... Um, we have all kinds of emotional, mushy, gushy excuses for not standing up for Jesus Christ and making our children. We got we got adults with adult children living at home, playing video games, refusing to get jobs, and then wanting to drink in the home or smoke pot in the home or or have sex in the home. And and when the parents put their, their lay the law down, it's sort of like, well, well where am I going to go? You can't do this to me. I'm your son. Our children need to go when they're ready to make their own decisions. Yep. Our children need to go and make them and, if necessary, suffer the consequences. And, Paula, you and I have looked at a whole bunch of moms and dads, in particular mothers, who, when we said that to them in counseling, just went, no, how could I do that? They're going to die. What are they going to And And, you know, we, we've got to give adults a chance to make decisions. Yep. And if there aren't any consequences to the bad decisions they make, they're going to keep making them. And we're enabling that kind of sinful behavior. And it's just a, a, a tragedy. It's a, it's a modern tragedy. We have a, a family in church, one of my elders and his wife. Uh, um, we love them so much. And their joke with their kids from the time they're young is that their graduation present is going to be luggage. It hasn't been a joke. I know. But, but, but <laughs> the kids, the, oh, yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. they get luggage. Yeah. And, and the whole idea is we're raising you to be independent, to go on your own and to serve the Lord. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, it's her kids turn out really great. Yeah. And they're they're living on their own and they're doing doing it well. Yeah. So yeah. I just it's one of those things that parents don't want to do. And the, the culture around us, this is why the Word of God is so valuable, because the culture around us does no, that's what you do. You've got to protect them. I mean, I, I remember when Obama was, was uh, um, campaigning for uh, his second term and talking about, we're going to let your children stay on your insurance till you're 26. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Uh-huh. I mean, they, they've got to go out and be responsible. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know... Okay, off off that, Paul. You got <laughs> a little over four minutes left. So, what do you want to do? Yeah, I was thinking. You know, the Lord wants us to be different and set apart as Christians, and we're just way too much like the world. And um, you know, when when Jesus's family came to him, you know, he's he's focused and he's doing the will of God, and his mother and his brothers came out because. You know, he's out of his mind. Go get him, you know. Go get him. And Jesus said, my mother and my brothers are those who do the will of God. That's who we want to hang out with. Our church culture would castigate Jesus for that now. Yep. Paul, we've got a last-minute call from Somerset. Scott, on line one. Scott, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron and Paula. How you guys doing? Good, Scott. Doing How great. are you? How are you? Uh, I'm just getting out of work a little late. I just caught the tail end of your story there about the luggage. I just wanted to share what my parents did. Is they sent us off to, to college with our beds, our mattresses. And they said, you can come home and visit, but it's not going to be very comfortable, so you won't stay too long. <laughs> that is good. That's good. Anyway, God, God bless you guys. Oh, thank love you. Yeah. I, I love I love Scott's parents. Uh-huh. That was really good. Hey, before we go off, I just want to apologize because I was loud today. My my laughter came from my toes, and so if I blew your ears out, I'm really sorry. But um, our engineer they, said said we were really really loud we at the really first loud. part of the program. It was fun though. I hope you guys were able to hear what we were saying because I thought it was quite encouraging. It was encouraging to me that you know. But sorry about being so loud. Anyway, hey, that's my whole life living with you, <laughs> laughing. Hey, it is a fun. I am funny. I didn't think I could be a Christian and and have a sense of humor. <laughs>
I thought people who were Christians were just going to be like boring and they were just so serious all the time. I was like, oh man, I can't be a part of that club. <laughs> and yet Jesus, you know, I think of him when he looked at Zacchaeus, little short guy, you know, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. You know, come on down from here, you little pipsqueak. So he had a good sense of humor. Paula, two minutes. What do you want to say? Bye. <laughs> See you next Thursday. Um, no, but as Christians, remember, we're to be set apart and we're to be different. And what I was going to say earlier is on my way here, because I said, Lord, I want to be led by you. And so I turned the corner from our house coming here. And there was a young man just sitting on the on the sidewalk, you know, in a scooter thing next to him. And he looked kind of like maybe he wasn't right. So I wrote my window down and I said, are you okay? And he says, yes, love, love. And I kept going. <laughs> and then I was asking the Lord, what if he would have said no? What was I going? But the, it was like the Lord already knew he was okay, but he wanted me to make sure that he knew somebody and I was like, Lord, that was all you. He, he's so nice. Paula, one minute. Why don't you take the last minute to talk about Mother's Day here? Mother's Day. Oh, yes. Years ago, um, Dr. Shiva's mom was coming into town from India, and we had International India Day. Well, this year, we're going to have International Whatever Your Mom Was the Dress. So this year, I'm going to wear African dress because I've been wearing India, mm-hmm. India dress. And I think I wore a Filipino dress one time because I'm Mama Paula to everybody. <laughs> okay, we're ready to go. Thank you for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.